3: proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field.
0: Three things. Number one the team
2: that hits the hardest and the longest The team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins.
3: It's time
0: for the Best Buckeye Podcast by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH!
3: And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is Sergeant MVP Aaron Brown, and today we are going to preview the big Ohio State season opener on the road with Bloomington, in Bloomington, Indiana, with the Indiana... Hoosiers. And this episode is brought to you by dun, 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 McDonald's of Greater Columbus. I'm showing you Uh, they have a brand new koozie that they are asking us to promote for the Ronald McDonald House of Greater Columbus in Central Ohio. And these ginormous koozies that they so nicely sent me one fit Your giant cups that you get, the souvenir cups, at the shoe. They're $6. Go to your uh, local McDonald's. Ask them for the Ohio State koozie. $6. Proceeds go and help the Ronald McDonald House of Central Ohio and uh, Greater Columbus, man. What a... What an awesome cause this is and we're so thankful that mcdonald's reached out to us here at the ohio podcast and said hey would you promote our koozies and we said absolutely we would be happy to do that i'm loving this thing aaron this thing is awesome i'm trying to get me one fill it full of water (laughs) that's what i got right now nice little ice cold water on this tuesday evening as we record and uh, if you haven't already, please hit the thumbs up. like this uh, like this video right here on YouTube. smash the like button if you're watching it on Rumble. If you're not following following us on our social medias, absolutely please do that. We're at Facebook facebook.com the Ohio podcast. look us up there on the Twitter at the Ohio pod on the X the I don't know what social it's called anymore. app formerly known as Twitter. The X. And of course, uh, you can always email us at theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Catch us on Big Banter, bigbantersports.com. You can find us there as well. And of course, if you're listening to this, by all means, please give us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast. We appreciate all of our podcast listeners as well. Well, Aaron, the big news today was Ryan Day said Kyle McCord's going to get the first snaps come Saturday against Indiana. Now, that does not necessarily mean he is the quote-unquote starter or QB1. He'll get the start this Saturday, he said. Devin Brown has earned the opportunity to play as well. What does that mean? We're going to find out. Does it mean that it's going to be 50-50? Does it mean that he's going to get the second half? Does it mean he gets the second quarter? Does it mean he gets the second series? Does it mean he's just QB2? We don't know any of those answers yet. Uh Ryan was awful vague on that, but Aaron, you think you kind of have a theory on what's happening. I'd like to get your two cents.
1: I you know, it's there's a strategy involved, I think, when you're when you're using two brand new quarterbacks that have never started. Right. Okay. So McCord played against what? Akron, Toledo. One of those doesn't really matter. But Akron. I think it was Akron. I think it was. Yeah. It was anybody. Not I, good. Yeah. Whatever the case, man. He looked like a million bucks for the most part. But <laughs> you know, when you're when your first real genuine start and it's it's your team, it's Indiana. It's a Big Ten game, and I understand it's Indiana. We got it. Okay. Got it. There's a strategy involved with how you play that game. All right. So I think that McCord starts. I found it interesting that they announced the start, the starter on a Tuesday. I think that you're definitely going to get a healthy dose of Devin Brown. I don't think. And the the reason I feel that way is because if he was really trying to keep that close to the vest. Right. And keep it a secret. Why would you announce it on a Tuesday?
3: Well, he wouldn't do that would did he do it norm- on a Thursday or a Friday? Well, it's his normal. It's his normal day to meet with the press. He didn't have to answer that, but I mean, That's- this was his this was his normal day to meet with the media.
1: Right. Game week. Right. But I'm he saying did- that information didn't have to be shared. No, he could have held that close to the vest. I mean, to me, announcing your starting quarterback when you have a competition like this and you've kept it a secret all summer long. You know he doesn't talk about injuries. Talking about who your starting quarterback is after all this time, and you share it, what, five days, four days before the game? Why wouldn't you wait just a little bit longer? That's why I feel like Devin Brown's going to get a – he's going to get a shot. Now, what? So, did, I'm with you. I don't know. Is that second series, second half? I don't know. Sounds like uh, – Ryan Day said he met with both of them, shared with them –
3: both his idea and that both were in agreement that that's probably the the best thing for the team. Now, that could just be, you know, head coach speak. Yeah. It You know, they could be said, yes, sir, because that's the kind of guys they are. But in their hearts, they're, you know, Devin Brown's thinking I'm going to kick his butt when I get my opportunity. And I hope he is like that because that means he's a great competitor. Got to have you know? that. Yep. and if you know you, you want Kyle McCord you know playing with the most confidence that he absolutely can have I think that's important but you know I, I see I hear what you're saying but let me throw this out at you now I cannot take credit for this I'm gonna call it a theory I heard this from Zach Smith I know he's not your most favorite human being on the planet Aaron but Zach is still connected v- with this program. Yeah. Okay. And he has been preaching to the high heavens for the last several weeks that Devin Brown is the guy. And his and he came out like at least 24 48 hours before the announcement came out that Kyle McCord was going to get the first snap. So he knew that. And he again this might he might not exactly feel this way but this is what he shared that I thought was incredibly interesting. He said, given the situation in that Ryan Day is in, maybe Ryan Day wants the world to see that Devin Brown is head and shoulders better than Kyle McCord. And so he's going to have Kyle go out there, start the game, and then bring Devin Brown in, and you see the difference. You feel the difference.
1: You don't agree with that theory? Why would you crap all over Kyle McCord like that? I don't know what... Think
3: about it. Why would you do that? I don't know what his Kyle McCord's father has to do with this, but it is obvious, given what what Zach Smith has been talking about, that Kyle McCord's father obviously has had some um should we say persuasion <clears throat> which i can't see Ryan Day being persuaded by a father of a player
1: brother I mean, this I, is not this this is not middle school this is the big city right daddy doesn't get to d- to dictate if you play or not bud this you know what i mean yeah. that's not how that works here yeah. <laughs> that's ridiculous now i see why that guy doesn't have a job oh God. gosh here we go cool Jesus. What? Simple leadership. Kyle McCord is either your starter or he's your backup. And if we're trying to keep a solid backup, you don't crap all over him by having Devin Brown go in there and show the world that he's head and shoulders better. But what if that happens? Then it happens. That's the result of competition. I'm with you. I hope Devin Brown and Kyle McCord are like, yes sir, but in their heart of hearts, they're going out there and they're still competing. So let me ask you this question because this is what
3: Ryan Day said today in his press conference. Kyle McCord won the won the opportunity to start this game one against Indiana because he was more consistent, had the steady hand over the last 7 to 10 days. Does See, that does that because it doesn't sound to me like Ryan Day was saying he won the job. What it says to me was he took care of the football.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean if it the last seven to ten days when you consider the spring and summer competition months, it can come down to simply who turned the ball over less. Mm-hmm. It, it you know what I mean? That's and that's a big thing. On Saturday. How many times do turnovers dictate a ball game? A lot. That's a that's a common theme. Protect the football. Sure. Well, if Devin Brown, you know, committed one more turnover than Kyle McCord, as close as a race as everybody said it was all summer long and spring, maybe that was the difference. Maybe. Maybe we are splitting hairs. Okay. So let's 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 um, let's project this out, and let me
3: give you another scenario because I'm in, I'm enjoying picking your. Picking your brain. It's no more Zach Smith, please. Okay. Kyle McCord <laughs> comes out and is okay. He takes care of the football. He he looks all right in the passing game. Ohio State is managing the football game, but it's not overwhelming. Devin Brown comes in, broken play, scrambling all over, hits a wide open Carnell Tate 50 yards down the field, looks kind of like a, a Brett Favre type of quarterback where it, he's all over the place or uh, in today's terms I guess, you know, uh, uh what's his name from uh, Kansas? Uh, Pat Mahomes. Uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. You know, broken play, all over the place, makes the play. You and I both know Aaron how fickle this fan base is, and I don't mean Luke fickle. <laughs> okay. facts. Devin Brown is going to become the most popular Buckeye on the roster. Does Ryan Day risk losing this quarterback room, this roster, this fan base's support, which a lot of people are are going to be quick to turn on him already. He's got the uh, nickname Cooper 2.0, as Chris would say. If something like that were to happen. So why even... Why even put yourself in that situation unless there is in the back of his head still a belief that Devin Brown is better?
1: If Kyle McCord is consistent, the game is being managed, and we have a large lead, and Devin Brown comes in and does that, I think all that does is extends the QB competition. I think that doing things like that simply gives Devin Brown more opportunity to compete against Kyle McCord in a game, not just at practice. Okay. Because that, well, that tells me they're both productive. One may be more exciting, but at the end of the day, what's it about? Winning games. Okay. Let me ask you one more question in
3: closing here. Uh, okay. With for for this enough quarterback talk we got, uh, we got we got a whole Indiana <laughs> team we need to break down here. Yep. Sunday night, eight o'clock Eastern. We come on here, and we get ready to talk about the football game, and specifically the quarterback play. What do you anticipate talking about, Aaron? Oh gosh. Whew.
1: The hard hitting questions today, buddy. You could have prepared me for that. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I want to get it raw tonight. gosh. All right, well, no protection. Here we go. I think that the – dude, I think it's going to continue on into week two. I yeah. think we're going to – yes, I think we're going to continue to see two quarterbacks play all the way up until Notre Dame because mm. at that time, that is the first real threat that we're going to have. And Ryan Day and this team have to have – They have Ryan Day has to have his mind made up. There has to be continuity of play in preparation for a real test. And Notre Dame is going to be that test. This game is not in Columbus. It is in South Bend. That alone is an issue. You know how that goes.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So he's going to get these guys as many game reps as possible. So they are both prepared. The teams have played in a game with both of them. And we will see through, what, three games? What each one of them does. Which one of them moves the football the best? That's what I think.
3: It's going to be interesting. Make sure you tune in this Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, right here on YouTube. Do not miss it. Be here live. It'll be our first call-in show. I have a feeling we're going to have some people call in, Aaron, who are going to have some pretty strong opinions about this quarterback battle after game number one. So, oh, I'm for, I'm for sure getting cussed out. No, no, you will not. We it's family friendly. We got to keep that PG rating, everybody. Oh, that is not going to happen. Yeah, be nice to
1: me, guys. I'm I'm not mad.
3: All right, let's move on to the preview here of Indiana. Let's start right here, everybody. This Saturday, three thirty p.m. on CBS. Welcome back to CBS Big Ten football, and they're going to take Ohio State, Indiana. Of course, they're going to want those Ohio State dollars, so that's why that game is going to be a 330 kick on CBS, but it's going to look and sound a lot different, Aaron, being on CBS other than Fox or um, ABC or the Big Ten Network. Your thoughts on the game being on CBS? It's weird it doesn't feel weird it's like cbs has been sec for what forever dude. 20
1: years or yeah, more? Feels, feels like forever i mean i feel like because cbs is what channel 10 up here yeah I'm, I'm still not in tune with the channels up here anymore I'm, i got texas <laughs> on the brain when it, when it comes to, to to cable but it seems to me like when i was a kid through the 90s ohio state played on channel 10
3: if i there, could be wrong yeah,
1: when we were little yeah yeah And then it just been a while. Right. So it's kind of weird, but I get it because at the end of the day, money. That's right. That's right. Show show me the
3: money, CBS. Yes, sir. All right. Let's break it down by the numbers now, Aaron. So Ohio State leads the all-time series with the Hoosiers 78-12. There are 5 ties mixed in there for good measure. Ohio State is on a 27 and a row game winning streak. I wrote about this on scarletandgame.com. Go over there and read this article. This is the longest current win streak in conference play. In the country in all conferences in division one football. It is also the longest winning streak in the big 10 in history. The longest before this was 24 games between Michigan and Indiana, Indiana, Defeated Michigan back in, I believe it was 2019, ending that streak. Ohio State has continued their streak on to 27 now, and I look forward to be 28. The last loss to Indiana that Ohio State suffered was a 41-7 defeat in 1988. Earl Bruce was the head coach back then. Last year, Ohio State defeated the Hoosiers in Ohio Stadium by a score of 56-14. Two years ago in 2021, that was the last time we went to Bloomington, we defeated the Hoosiers 54-7. to The largest margin of victory for Ohio State, well, that was back in 1957 when Woody Hayes defeated the Hoosiers 56-0. Our worst loss ever against Indiana, that was that 1988 defeat of 41-7. Again, longest current win streak over the Hoosiers, longest win streak over Indiana in history, 27 games. It started in 1991 with John Cooper. The year before that, in 1990, it was a tie, believe it or not. And this win streak should be 28, but they vacated that last win Trestle had over them. Uh, Indiana's longest win streak of Ohio State, believe it or not, Aaron, is four games. That was from 1903. To there 1913. Go. There it is. <laughs> a leather, I don't even know if they were wearing leather helmets at that time.
1: <laughs> Beyond me, we'll have to ask Chris. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, he's not even here to defend himself.
1: Hey, Ryan,
3: gotta... <laughs> Day's, <laughs> Ryan Day's record against Indiana is 4-0. And Tom Allen has a stellar record against the Buckeyes of 0-7. 27 straight, Aaron. That's it's hard to do 27 straight of anything. That's a fact. I mean, for real. Yeah. I, that's incredible. Now, there's been some games in there where like like the COVID game was a little bit scary there. I mean, Indiana made a great comeback in the second half. Yeah. And there were some things happening defensively in that game that we're gonna talk about tonight that could possibly we could possibly see again, uh, since we're breaking in a new quarterback once again. But Man alive, Aaron. This has been just one heck of a streak.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's What was the date in 1988 that they played?
3: Do we know? I mean, I can find out for you if you give me one second. Yeah, let me look that up for
1: you. There's a reason I ask. Okay, do you remember something? Maybe. I just need to know the date. Oh, uh, that would be
3: in 1988. I got to scroll down for that. <laughs> That's okay.
1: Uh, that would be October 8th. 8th? 8th. October 8th. Yeah. I was born October 29th. Really? That was the last so time they, they beat us. They have I, not
3: beaten us since before you I was were born. here.
1: That's a fact. Yes, sir you've never seen an Indiana loss just wanted to throw that out there at you you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I dude I've you know I some of my more memorable games against Indiana Antoine Randwell uh, if you remember that name quarterback ended up being a wide receiver for the Steelers pretty solid helped us win a Super Bowl on a trick play uh, the game Zeke had a really big coming out game. Over 200 yards. I think it might have been one of Tom Allen's first years. Boy, that had me scared. That offense was scary. 2014, 2014. I I it was either yeah. Or, it was 2014, I think it was.
3: and and Kevin
1: Wilson was the head coach. That's who it was. It was Kevin Wilson. Yeah, yeah Kevin Wilson. Cause he that, always he always played us well though. When yeah, he was there? Yeah, he did. He gave us fits, man. That was a good pickup. And, in fact, that was when we, <laughs> when we went to the game. <laughs> good old Carl. <laughs> they had to stay. It was a sign, I think it was. I'll, dude, I'll never forget this. Good old Carl, man. Thanks for should, your offensive. Sh- Thanks for your we, offense.
3: Should we tell the story? Go for it, dude. All right, so it's a Thursday night. It's a Thursday night game to open the season yeah. on ESPN right and espn game day's there and we had made a sign that says thank you for fixing dear indiana thank you for fixing our offense signed jt barrett and a big picture of kevin wilson yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they wouldn't let signs into the game and and carl tells the guy usher he goes that's okay i know kirk herb street personally he wants us to bring the sign in. And the guy <laughs> went, oh, okay. And he let us into the stadium just with the right sign. <laughs> and we start holding it up and walking in, And all the Indiana fans, we are getting so many number ones. Oh, yeah. told how much they, they love us with F words. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, of course, I I sat on that sign for the first half, brother, because that, that was a scary first half. And after we took control, the Indiana fans are all leaving. I'm holding the sign up, turned around, facing the crowd as they walk by me. And some people are laughing. They're getting, you know, they're getting the idea. You know, okay, that's pretty funny. Some people, there, I'll never forget. I thought I was going to get punched by one guy, dude. He was mad. And uh, but yeah, yeah, that was a great time, that's, man.
1: That's what I remember because we went. It was it was basically a bunch of us from church, is what yeah. it was. And we took a, a, us out there. It was a good time. But, Eric, I'm pretty sure you and I were the youngest people there. Like, oh, yeah, by far. If we got, buddy, it was on in you. You know, <laughs> like, we were going to have to do something about yeah. it. And I was like, oh, crap, yeah. dude. <laughs> Please put the <laughs> sign down.
3: <laughs> oh, well. Uh, let's look at the last ten games that Ohio State and Indiana have played. And, of course, they're all Ohio State victories. Going back to 2013 where you had the 42-14 win, 2014, that's the one that you were talking about with Zeke, a 42-27 win. Look at that one in 2015. That's probably the best roster we have had, and that was a 34-27 win. That's, mm-hmm. That tells you how good— Kevin Wilson had those teams playing then. 2016-38-17. 2017-49-21. I feel that was the year we went to Bloomington. That was the game we were, we were talking about. 2018-49-26 a win at home. 2019, that was a 51-10 blowout. And then you had the COVID game in 2020, 42 to 35 in Columbus. Again, a seven point game. Last couple years, Ryan Day has taken the bull by the horns, and Indiana hasn't been very good 54 to 7 and 56 to 14 in the last 10 games against the Hoosiers. Let me ask you this question next, Aaron, before we break down some film. Is Indiana catching Ohio State at the beginning of the season good for them or bad? They have depth issues usually. Catching them late in the season, they're beat up. They're not as deep. Mm -hmm. They're tired. Catching Ohio State at the beginning of the season, is that better for Indiana? Or is it we don't really know what we're going to see type of thing and it's bad for them? Or does it not really matter?
1: Oh, it absolutely matters. It it's definitely beneficial to them for all the reasons you said. They have a fully healthy football team, and they throw the fact that breaking in a new quarterback. We don't know what we're going to be looking like either. So sure. that act that goes into the, the game strategy that I foresee when we go to break down the film later on. So all right, good yeah. thing for them.
3: So this is usually when we um, bring Chris on to do statistics, but we're giving Chris the night off because at this point there are no statistics. Everything's blank. It's a zero. It's a zero burger right now. So we gave Chris the night off, and that means, Aaron, it is now time to break down film. Now, before in the past when we've done this... It's all been Audibly, and if you're still listening to this podcast through your, uh, through say iTunes or Stitcher, or iCloud or whatever you're listening to, it's still going to be that way. And we we want we hopefully can make this still good enough for you that you enjoy it. But for those of you who are watching on YouTube or Rumble uh, or whatever device uh, you're catching the video, we're going to be able now to show you film that Aaron is going to break down. This first piece of film that we're going to look at is a running play from Indiana against Michigan, I believe a year or two ago. I'm not really sure of the of the year there, Aaron, but why don't you set up for us what we're about to watch and then we'll play the film so that they can see um, uh, what you're setting up for us, the, the run play that they're running. So go for it, Aaron.
1: Okay, so this is from last season against Michigan State. It was later in the season. Uh Indiana had really gotten their rhythm going, okay? And there's a reason for that, guys. They had hired in Wisconsin's O-line coach Bob, and I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. If you've listened to the show, you know that I'm terrible with last names, but Bostad, Bostad. Either way, Aaron, he this had a great... is when
3: we this is when we insert
1: that we are uncultured swine. Facts. Hashtag uncultured swine. That's us. (laughs) (laughs) All day, every day. So they hired a new O-line coach from Wisconsin named Bob Bostad. And if you guys followed Wisconsin for any length of time, you know what they do. Power running. All right. Well, I'd say he worked very quickly because in this clip, Indiana is in, I believe... 11 personnel looks like they got a guy in motion and what they're going to do here is they're going to pull three different linemen to create extra uh, leverage to one side. That wide receiver coming in motion was set up to basically pull another player. If you see the Michigan state defender, he came in a little bit more narrow because that play was designed for him to break it wide to the, uh, Sideline, And if he was able to keep his balance, that was a touchdown. So look for that. You're going to see a lot of power uh, zone blocking schemes, uh, multiple pullers like what you just saw in the video. Um, and I, I think you're going to see a lot of the way that Wisconsin ran the ball. That's what you're going to see from Indiana this year.
3: Okay, interesting. And I've been playing it while you've been talking, so they've seen it about 100 times now, Perfect. Aaron. So, so yeah. Do you want to go to the the next one? Do you want to go to the pass or to the, the, the other run? Let's do one more run, and then we'll okay. move on to the pass.
1: All right, and here we go. We're playing it right now, brother. All right, so here they're against Idaho. Uh, obviously not that big of a deal here. All right, but again, another power run play through the zone, and what you'll notice, zone blocking. So if you don't know or if you're not familiar with zone blocking, essentially that is where the lineman will basically double team in order to create a gap. So if you see uh, number 70 has isolated himself against the D end and and shoved him upfield toward the hash marks well, away from the hash marks, all right, toward the sideline. And then your center and your guard have crashed down to try to seal in the defensive tackles, okay? That creates a running lane for the running back. He gets to the second level, makes an athletic play, scores a touchdown. That is a zone scheme and a power run. That is what you got to have.
3: Can I ask a question? Absolutely. It looks like the guard, the left guard, comes off his block – right before the running back gets to his left hip and then hits
1: the linebacker too. Am I Is that by design or was that just good blocking? Well, what it could be is the guy – hang on, I'm waiting for it to come back around for me here. No problem. You said the left guard? Yeah, so the left guard – I'm and, watching
3: him. Yeah, the left guard and the center kind of tag team there okay. on, the, on the defensive tackle, and then he,
1: he peels off and gets the linebacker who's kind of sucked in. What that is is good coaching. Oh, okay. Okay. What that is is good coaching because he saw they, you know, they double team that defensive tackle. Well, he saw that the running, well, he didn't see the running back get by him, but he realized the guy was out of the play because he kept working down down the line away from the play side. Obviously, he knows where the ball is going to be because it's a designed run like that. So he pushed down. He noticed that that lineman was coming down play or downfield away from the play side. So he went to the next level to get another block, and that's ultimately what sprung the running back for an extra few yards into the end zone. That's good coaching.
3: Yeah, what could Tommy or Steele do here to prevent this from happening? Or how does this play get blown
1: up by the defense? So for this, all right, just watching, it looks like those guys, they weren't active enough. They weren't, those linebackers were not moving their feet. They weren't reading the play very well and they got sucked inside and then they got sealed. So the big thing is, is keep the feet moving, head on a swivel, read your keys. What I'm seeing there is those guys, they got lost in the sauce right there and then they paid for it. The defensive linemen, now keep in mind again, okay, this is Idaho. So Indiana is going to be a little more talented than what they are. (laughs) Sure, They're not going to run into that problem. Or that that positive problem, as I call it, they're not going to see that against Ohio State. Yeah. Ohio State's going to hold their gaps. Okay, yeah, they're so, not going to get a third or three or four yard push on our tackles. Like yeah, that. not yeah, they're not going to do that. I don't care uh, who's coaching their offensive line. That's not going to happen against Ohio State. Okay, our front four, the big thing there is maintaining your gap integrity. Linebackers yes. have to read their keys, stay in their gaps, and again make the proper reads on the running back. Yeah. So if Steele if Steel or Tommy read that play right, they're going to fill that gap naturally. Yeah, they're going to meet the running back in the lane. Mm-hmm. So where there was, there was nothing, it was just a big running lane, Tommy or Steele may be one of the safeties, depending on how fast they read it, can come up and make a play. This um, is where Suddy Styles might come down and
3: absolutely annihilate somebody.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because again, this play is one that could be broken to the outside because this is not just a red zone running play. This can be ran anywhere on the field.
3: Okay. All right. Let's take a look at this pass now here, Aaron. Let's let's, let's break this one down for everybody. And because this thing isn't, this might have been the biggest play all year that Indiana had.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I pulled this clip because this is something that I saw repeatedly across several of their films was this exact play. All right. And the quarterback that I feel is going to be starting for them this year, even though they haven't announced it, I can't ignore his talent. Um, He has a tremendously better arm than this guy does. So he's going to make the throw. And even though this was a highlight and the guy made it here, there were many other examples across the films that I watched where he did not even come close to making that throw, okay? So keep that in mind. So it's a, what it is is a play action uh, to the running back. You have, I believe that is the guard. He, he peels off, and you see him as the quarterback comes rolling out And that, what that does is that mimics like a seven step drop. What's traditionally known as a seven step drop. And then the split end will make a, not a shallow cross, but more of like a shallow post route. Mm -hmm. And the, the the idea there, okay. Is some of those linemen are pulling as if it's a run that is designed to have the safety stand still just long enough for that skinny post to get by them. So again, what Ohio state can do in that instance. Read your keys, okay. If the hats go down, probably a run play. But you have to be aware. This is where film watching comes in. And if you think the Buckeyes ain't watching film, you got another thing coming. Oh,
3: yeah. They're going to be watching. The they've film. seen this exact. They've seen this exact play over and Guaranteed. over again. Just Guaranteed. like Guaranteed. you guys are right now. And here's what's scary about this for me. And I know you coach defensive backs. Yes, uh, Aaron. This I feel like the safety got burned bad here. He did.
1: He 100% did.
3: He's three steps behind, and there's no reason why. I mean, as a safety, the number one thing, tell me if I'm wrong, you cannot let someone get
1: behind you. As a free safety, that is your only job. You are the last Boy Scout, my guy. You can't let anybody behind you. That is your sole job, even if it's a run play. You stay back in case they break it.
3: Now, what's interesting about that safety, though, if you go to the beginning of the play and you look at the top of the screen and the receiver at the top of the screen, the cornerback is coming on like a blitz or something. Did he just read that wrong? Did that corner think that that was a run? And that's why the safety then went north uh, to the top of the screen to go cover that other receiver. And then it was like, oh, crap, we got burned. Because I feel like the corner at the top of the screen set the safety up
1: to to fail on this bad. Uh, so that receiver actually ran a pretty solid route, and I I do think that the corner uh, got toasted on that one. Because if you watch the wide receiver, this is also good coaching, by the way. His first steps are inward, uh huh, and then he kind of bows a little bit out and gets behind the corner. That uh-huh. corner had his eyes in the backfield which is a big no-no yeah,
3: he actually took three steps to this line of scrimmage uh-huh. and left it and left his man completely I think that's why the safety went I'm gotta go get him yeah and then if then it's too late now yeah now the speeds killed you you're they're by you it's a 50yard bomb
1: yes that's exactly what happened he put his safety in a compromised situation because he read the play wrong he had his eyes in the backfield way too much if you're staring into the backfield wrong answer. You right. need to have your eyes in the backfield, but you can't stare it down. And see this is this is
3: like complimentary defense here. So so even though the safety everybody's going to get mad at the safety. If you watch this play, that corner left his man to dry, hang. Yes, that, he did. That corner's like that the a good coach will see that and go, "What are you doing, Denzel?" Like, okay, like, let's just make believe that's Denzel, right? And he just left Proctor high to dry in the backfield. And everybody's mad at Proctor. Oh, Proctor, look at you what you did again. But yet it was the cornerback that set this thing up in, in a way. Now you're you're right. The 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 safety still cannot let anybody get behind him. But go. if you watch that play, man, the corner
1: he got he, the yeah, the corner, the corner screwed up, and the safety got sucked down in trying to chase a guy, and this is a zone defense, okay? Uh-huh. So when there's crossing routes that are deep like that, it goes zone to zone to zone. The corner would pass it off to the linebackers. If he continues to run, it gets passed off to the other side linebackers, and then uh, either the strong safety or the other corner would pick that up. Yeah. But for the free safety to come down like he did and then realize, oh, crap, there's another guy running another post. I better go chase him. That's how you find yourself in that predicament.
3: Yeah, yeah. So
1: that is, that's so interesting because – I,
3: I've got it uh, off now, Aaron. It's back to you and I here. Um, I don't want to show it another 100 times. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is great. See, this is what I, I love. This is why I love having you on the show, Aaron, is breaking this stuff down for us because, you know, I, I didn't play football. I know enough to be dangerous. Uh, I've played many sports. I was a basketball coach, player coach. And uh, my sport was baseball. I was a catcher. Um, and a lot of that you can relate to athletics across the board but when it comes to the little details in a defense or the breakdown of a play that's what i absolutely love here so let's talk a little bit about who we think the indiana quarterback is going to be i think it's Taven jackson yes sir Um, we have a couple highlights here from his high school days um, that we want to show you aaron wants to show you and talk about um, he was recruited by Tennessee, was the backup quarterback at Tennessee last year, jumped in the portal, went back home to the state of Indiana. He's originally from Indiana, and we think this is going to be the starter uh, come Saturday. He kind of will put you in mind of a younger oh, um, version of the quarterback they had a couple years ago from uh, at Washington now. Um, Michael Penix, Michael Pennix Jr. Thank you. Um, he he he's the closest thing I think right now to what they had then, and that's when they were at their best was with Penix. And so Taven Jackson, he's young, he's gonna make mistakes. I, I get that. I'm thinking we're gonna probably get to him a couple times because he's gonna try to make things happen too much, being young, but. I also think he's going to make some things happen. Um, someone with this kind of talent, Aaron, is just, I don't care. I don't care if it is Indiana. It, this dude is talented. So let's break yeah. him
1: down a little bit. Go for it. I'll, I'll throw the film yeah. out. Go for it. So the first clip, you know, I, I just wanted to, to point out that he does have a nice step. He reads the field. He keeps his eyes downfield. That is a quality that you got to have to play at this level but he's also got a little bit of shake and bake to him. He can extend the pocket. He can get loose. And the second part, in the second part of the film, you know, he can make the read option. So for Ohio state's defense, I would anticipate a lot of read option, which means for the defense, staying home and attacking gaps to ensure nothing happens there. So, you know, there was other film too. It was kind of hard to get one of him making nice throws because that film for whatever reason it every time they threw it, it did some weird zoom in thing. It, it, I don't know. They like they altered the highlight video to make it seem cooler. So it just made it hard to to get a good passing, but the kid has he's got great trajectory on the ball, okay? Now I don't know yet. Nobody does because I think he transferred from Tennessee and he's only got three passing attempts in his college career. So all
3: runs, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you're not – there's no film at this level for me to be like, yes, he's an effective passer at this level, but looking at his division one – or his uh, high school film, sorry, uh, there's definite potential there, and I'm with you. He is – he can be dangerous. He got a year coaching down at Tennessee. You know they had a pretty solid year. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, you know, he learned a little bit from Hendon hooker and now he's back up here at Indiana. So it could be dangerous.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely see that that's a possibility, uh, given, uh, you know, the fact that we really don't have any film on
1: him other than what we're watching right here. I mean, this is it. He gives them another dimension that we have to prepare for. And we are not sure exactly how to prepare for it because No film. Yeah, so and today,
3: um, when he was interviewed, uh, Jim Knowles basically said, when you go into game one and you're really not sure what they're gonna do, you have to be ready to to defend everything. He even mentioned the triple option. Like, and he said, Here's how you here's how you have to do that. You have to play incredibly disciplined.
1: There it is. Um so let your, let your athletes make yeah. plays, but you gotta, as a coach, you put them in the position to do so. He said it's all about concentrating on technique, being disciplined, and trusting
3: your instincts. And we I use. think I yeah, I think that is wise good wisdom. I, mm-hmm. I feel that you know that he's gonna make some plays. I think yeah, there's gonna be some moments when it's kind of chaotic and he's running around, and next thing you know, someone's open and there's a 15-20. 30-yard play down the field that he makes because of his legs. And he's got a pretty good arm. Yeah. But I also feel that he's going to try to make things happen, and he's going to get himself into
1: trouble. Oh, yeah. I would not be surprised to see a handful of turnovers.
3: And welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Buckeye Boggs. And as you can see, we are joined by our special guest, Brandon Dubich from the LEO Podcast (laughs) Brandon, it has been, yeah, representing that uh, podcast shirt there. There you go. Um, It has been seven weeks, I think, maybe eight, since we last podcasted together and and previewed. Uh, the season for indiana and here we are it is week one game one it's finally here indiana ohio state man seems like it just flew by i don't know about you but those that fall camp just absolutely just flew by this warp year.
2: speed brother warp <laughs> speed i'll tell you like um, august barely existed right um especially like I'm a huge NFL guy too so like the hype around uh, my Pittsburgh Steelers are uh, is starting to ramp up and it's hope season right everyone's undefeated everyone yeah, yeah. including Indiana uh, is uh, <laughs> is undefeated so no it's uh, it's fun it's exciting. Um, week 0 was kind of crazy. Did you watch it any was. Week 0?
3: You know, I did. I watched that entire Notre Dame game. I was assigned uh, to do a post-game story for uh, Saturday Blitz uh, yeah. for the Notre Dame game. So I watched it very intently and lost some money on it. Not going to lie, I thought for sure Navy would have this thing in a phone booth and keep it under 20 and... Pff, Boy, that just went out the door in four quick possessions. That they they got a over. stable
2: of running backs. I mean, I know Ohio State's got a stable of running backs, but uh, yeah, Notre Dame looked great.
3: Does that, they, does that make you any more nervous? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> that, uh, that that offense is completely different than yep. what we faced last year, and I think it has everything to do with their quarterback. It yeah. I really do. I think he is – well, he's 24 years old and he was breaking records left and right in that game. Because, uh, I mean, this is what he's been doing now for four straight seasons. So yeah, that game's going to be interesting. There's no doubt about it. That's definitely, that's one of three trips. We have to Indiana, the state of Indiana, the first coming to Bloomington, your neck of the woods, my man, here we go. Yeah. So let's start here, man. Let me ask you this question. How has fall camp gone for the Hoosiers this year?
2: Oh man, so um at at work and for fun, people call me Captain Cliche, so I'm gonna hit you with one early here. Yeah, um, the best ability is availability and I you got out of camp unscathed, right? Isn't isn't that just a, a big storyline every time? Um, so that that was very notable. Uh probably the biggest thing though that I think that plays into Ohio State. Why does Ohio State hold their 27? Year streak against Indiana. It's a lot of the reasons it's because it's very competitive in the first, sometimes in the second, occasionally in the third, but in the fourth, it's a blowout. And that's all about depth. All about depth. Indiana has 23 new transfers and 32 total new players into their program this year. And it's probably the deepest team I've ever seen. IU. Really? Um, really? It doesn't have maybe the star power, but just the depth that the transfers were able to solidify. The two deep is very, very solid. Now, does that mean I mean, I'm sure we'll get into predictions later, but uh, does that mean I think you can compete with teams for four quarters? No, I'm saying they're in the best position to um, which is very, very exciting. There was competition up and down the lineup for Indiana and usually the the starters are pretty clear-cut right um, especially at IU there, there's there's a varsity and a junior varsity um, th- this year there was a lot more competition
3: so is that really the buzz around the program right now is the depth and the end of influx of all this talent that was brought in through the transfer portal I mean that's usually the the transfer portal kind of scares me because you can either hit a home run oh or yeah. you can or you can Whew, swing and miss.
2: <laughs> right, right. So we we talked about this when when we talked about two months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Michigan State's been on both sides of it. Right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana hasn't been on any side of it. I mean, we've largely been a a development program. Um, so it's it, we obviously wanted to go one way rather than the other. Um, but that's why um, to steal what Michael says, nobody knows about this IU team. Literally, nobody knows how good they could be or how bad they could be. And that's brought excitement into the Indiana fan base um, more than some previous years. Cause previous years we knew what was coming back. Right. Um, one funny thing. And I want to kind of want to get your input on this. Um, mm-hmm. cause, Cause you definitely know this uh, very, very well. Did you watch any of the other um, fall camps through the big 10 network?
3: Yeah, I saw. I, I caught. I caught a few of them. Obviously, yeah. uh, I was intrigued big time with Northwestern. Yeah, I, just, I didn't catch that one. That whole scenario Wild. intrigues the heck out of me. Wild. Um, I caught the Iowa one, um, and um, Nebraska. I think the Nebraska might have been the first one they did. Um, I didn't catch Indiana's, but I caught. I caught about half of them. I would say maybe, maybe maybe around nine or 10.
2: So, so the reason I ask is it doesn't matter if you, um, so yeah. So the, so the funny thing about the IU fall camp thing, and like I said, I wanted to ask you because you know a lot about this is they really, really hit on returning production, returning production, returning production. IU has the least returning production on offense and on defense. How is that? And they kept harping that it was a bad thing. Where Michael and I have beaten the drum, why would you want returning production from a two and ten and a four and eight season? Right, right. <laughs> like wow, that's just doing the same thing, expecting different results. That's insane. Right. So IU, I think I even said on this podcast is going to have close to a dozen, if not a um, more than a dozen, new starters. So that's really, really exciting. It could blow up in IU's face. And what happened? We go two and ten again. Guess what? We've been there. That's mm-hmm. by far the most exciting thing. And I think Tom Allen knew it, right? That he has to do something different um, because while I don't think he's on the hot seat. He's on the warm seat. Um, so that's th- those are probably the the two most intriguing storylines. Is no one's hurt? The depth of the team looks better than ever, and the amount of new faces. Um, that are going to be playing significant minutes. Um, So anyone who claims to know what IU is going to be, I'm telling you, you have no clue. You have no clue what to expect out of IU. It could be disastrous. It could be amazing. It's likely going to be somewhere in the middle.
3: Is there going to be any schematic changes in your opinion, do you think, given some of the turnover in coaching as
2: well? Oh, totally. So, yeah, we – blessing and a curse i think um we're on our third different defensive coordinator in three years um the one three years ago was amazing um that's the one that uh i got a head coaching job i'm blinking on his name but he co- he's the head coach of south alabama right now um and then last year um was kind of an absolute di- or two years ago absolute disaster last year absolute disaster um so we're on we're actually on our fourth sorry i apologize uh, called David Guerreri um, out of Duke. Uh, I think he actually spent some time at Ohio State as well. Uh, does that name ring a bell to you? It
3: does it? it doesn't to me, but that doesn't mean he wasn't like a yeah a grad assistant. You know that kind of moved yeah. up the ranks.
2: Yeah. So he's most recently at Duke, and he is aggressive which you mm-hmm.
3: have to be at IU, right? And Duke, and Duke had a really good year and wasn't expected to, and they had a really good year last year.
2: Yeah, so he he's coming as a secondary coach. That's where he was at Duke. And now he's going to be the co-defensive de, uh, coordinator, um, uh, sharing it with Chad Wilt, um, who was our D coordinator last year. So he got kind of a demotion. Um, but it'll be David Guerrero uh, making the calls. Um, and like I said, uh, he, he's very aggressive. Our IU secondary was the worst part of the defense. Um, So schematically, the secondary will be different, and the type of play calling on the defensive side will be different.
3: So, do you anticipate then a lot of like exotic blitz looks? I mean, Ohio State's going to be starting a new quarterback. We still don't know who he is. About like your kicker, apparently, (laughs) don't really know who's going to be. But uh, it's—I'm here to tell you—it's going to be both quarterbacks. They're yep. both going to play. Ryan Day doesn't have a handle on which one is, is really the one he's going to go with. So he's going to play them both. Which, I mean, it could be that could be scary. I mean, especially if you're in a dogfight late in the game, right. you're going to get yep. the ball too. Then now right. you've got to decide. You know, so totally, uh, yeah. So that could be very interesting. So do you anticipate kind of the 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 twenty? I guess that would have been twenty twenty exotic Correct. defense look exactly. Type of thing?
2: Yeah, no, I expect a lot of corner blitzes. I expect a lot of safety blitzes. I expect um, a lot, a lot of stunting um, to going on, just a lot of movement. Um, the, the word I've used for both offense and defense this year, I think IU has to be team chaos, right? They just, they just have to be a chaos team. Um, that's where IU was successful in 2020. I think Tom Allen realizes that. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be expecting the kitchen sink to be thrown at Ohio State uh, on Saturday.
3: The line is set at thirty right now. Yeah. Last, last I saw that. Uh-huh. Um, your feelings on that? So, do we want to get to that? We want to get to that. Um, I,
2: I, I'm sticking pretty close to what uh, to what I said it was going to be um, when we spoke, uh, but don't be surprised if IU jumps out to maybe three nothing and maybe it's 7-6 after the first quarter, or maybe even 14-6, 14-10 at halftime. Um, but, you know, I do think Ohio State will set in. My official prediction is um, 42-17, um, which for uh, for my crude math skills is 25 points, which is a cover, Um so that's that's the way I think it's going to go down. I, I do think um, just because it's week one, there's going to be some breakdowns, mm-hmm. right, uh, on both sides, right? Like I'm I'm expecting some fireworks on both sides, um, just because I love the playmakers in this game, right? Yeah. The two main ones are going to be Jalen Lucas, All American, and Marvin Harrison Jr., All American. Right? I expect both of them to be putting on some highlights um, as there's some scheme uh, and defensive breakdowns, as there always is in the first month of football. Um, but 30-point line, I think you can crumble up all – well, you can do this in any sport, um, but I think especially in college football, you don't know anything, especially about this IU team, but also about Ohio State. Right? They, they don't know their quarterback. So um, I'm going to say something embarrassing, uh, which is going to give me absolutely no credentials at all. Um, But I do a a football gambling show uh, every Saturday through NFL memes, And I went two and five. Right. I like to think I know a lot about college football. I like to think I know a lot about gambling. I didn't do very well this past weekend um, because I think lines are almost impossible. I mean, in, at least in pro sports, you have more access to the media. You know the players. There's so much unknown. So to w- a really long answer to your question, man, week zero, week one, even week two and three lines, you can kind of throw right out the window. Um, it's a crapshoot.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. Um you know, I would not be surprised if this game is much more lower scoring than people realize. I think the strength of Ohio State is actually on the defensive side this year, which is yeah. really weird for us to say, especially given all of the, you know, wide receiver talent that we have. Mm-hmm. But when you're breaking in two new tackles, a new signal caller with a new center, there's a there's a lot going on there offensively that's yeah. going to make life a little bit harder to get the football into those all american hands um i think ohio state is going to try to establish the line of scrimmage and run the football actually yeah um, i Interesting. Mean, that that makes sense to me given what what i'm talking about what i would yeah. foresee um the question is is will ryan day be able to do that right um he let the cat out of the bag. He's still calling plays. He did not give that over to Brian Hartline. He's still going to be the play caller, and we know how he loves to throw the football. So, you know, the the worst thing that could happen is he picks a quarterback who comes out and throws a pick six to start the
2: game. Yeah, hit.
3: that would be. I use going to be that jumping
2: lines. I'm telling you, they're they're going to be jumping passing lanes. So I got a I got a question um then considering that you think this is going to be low scoring clearly I picked 55 points. You know what the over under is on the top of your head? If not I can look it up here in about 30. I do not. No, I I didn't look that
3: up. I just saw yeah. I just saw the 30 or the 30 was the Yeah,
2: let's let's see let's see what the over under is. I got it right here. It is 59. So um would you take over or under 59? Clearly my 55 I chose under. Um, I think that's even a high i i thought the line would be 54 55 yeah it's a I high think, line
3: for me i think i would probably go under and be safe with that yeah. i'll be I'll be floored if Ohio State comes out and they're not missing a beat offensively yeah. I, I I'd be shocked by that i mean you go back and you think about what two years ago when they broke in Straub okay who was a first round draft pick <laughs> That first game at Minnesota on the road feels eerily similar here and he did not start off too hot um, they kind of squeaked by at the end of the end of the day I think they scored 30 some points um, but that defense was nowhere near as good as what Ohio State is now I, I just feel like this thing could be in the low 30 30 for Ohio State so somewhere around uh, 31 yeah. oh wow. so you, think,
2: you think I'm pretty you think I'm more than a touchdown off So, um, how many? uh, I don't want. I don't know if you want to spoil your prediction or not. Not Um, yet. I gotta wait
3: till the end of the week. So,
2: (laughs) yeah, right. So, okay. So, you think I gave you too much credit?
3: I think you did. I think. I think you. I think you gave this this offense too much credit in the fourth quarter. Okay, that may be. Yeah, I mean there is a depth thing. Absolutely, we're gonna throw a lot of depth at you, but there it's a lot of unproven depth. It's a lot of freshmen. It's a lot of redshirt freshmen. We don't have a ton of depth on the offensive line. If there's an injury on the offensive line in game 1, that could be that would be like nightmare scenario for us. Yeah. Um so there you know where we have the depth is at running back and at wide receiver. I mean, Weird. we're loaded all over with the specialties. It's just yeah. You know, and, how and you get the you know, Ohio team?
2: State tight end always tears up IU. It's it's every oh. year there there's a tight end from you guys. Yeah. Um, so let
3: me if so if that's the case, let me throw some names at at, at you that uh, Indiana fans who I'm sure some are watching this sure. need to be aware of. Cade Stover came back. He was an NFL talent at tight end. He came. He back. scored.
2: He scored one or two last year against IU.
3: He one is for cold. sure. They, his nickname is Farmer Gronk. He comes from a farm here in Ohio. I love that. He, he's a big farm boy. Um, when asked about NIL, what he spends his NIL dollars on, he says, "I would rather just be paid in tractors." That's <laughs> oh, that's, that's the kind that's of kid great. this this he is. Oh, you know, that's um, the, a year ago he was being questioned by the media about um, his work ethic, and he and his question back to them was, "Cows don't take days off. Why should we?" <laughs> I mean
2: you gotta love that you gotta love that that is that's what you want in a tight end right we've
3: got yeah we got g scott jr who's a converted wide receiver he was a top 100 receiver didn't really hit uh he's in his fourth year he converted over to tight end he's an extremely athletic long tight end um when he's in the game i think he's number 88 when he's in the game look for them to use him in the seams as a tight end um Joe Royer's in his third year. He's the white man afro. He's got a ginormous white man afro. Uh, He's he has rebuilt his body. Uh, Went through some hard times. Mother passed away, really set him back a year. Um, He again, another good, good hands receiving type tight end. Has to learn how to block. So he's rebuilt his body, become more physical. And then the buzz around freshman uh, Jelani Thurman from Georgia was oh, interesting. a high, fo- high four-star tight end out of Georgia. The Bulldogs wanted him. We snuck in, got him to come up to Columbus. He's the real deal. He is a big, tall, physical tight end. Don't know how much he'll get in the game as a true freshman.
2: Especially game but, one, right?
3: Right. But I would if he gets in there it's going to be probably closer to the goal line as an extra blocker just because he's, he's just physically imposing as a tight end.
2: Yeah. Speaking of uh, from Ohio, um, I think we stole one from underneath you guys. Um, a surprise, Carter Smith out of okay. Powell, Ohio.
3: You probably he – was, he was a Powell, high three star. Powell, Powell is li- – I live in Delaware County. Powell is in Delaware County. I know oh. who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah he, he's going to be the starting left
2: tackle. As Good a red, red shirt freshman, he he was one of the three players that were stars out of out of camp. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not expected to star. You and I went over our entire or uh, went over IU's starting offensive line. He's starting over a true senior, um, wow. so that that was a monster surprise. So yeah. Carter Smith, who who we figured would be a probably a two or three year starter, could potentially be a three to four year starter Yeah. The
3: old, the old and tangy schools, which is where pal, you know, there's yeah. the city of pal. There's four old and tangy schools here. Um, used to be one when I was in high school and it just exploded. Now they have four high schools and they produce on average every year out of those four high schools, somewhere between eight to 10 division one football players. Wow. It is yeah. becoming a powerhouse. Um, in fact, um, Linebacker from on, on the national championship team for Ohio State who just saw, just saw him on NBC's broadcast. Can't believe his, his name's slipping my mind here. I uh, went from Big Ten Network over to NBC. Uh, it'll come to me. He's from Pal. Yeah, um, yeah he was for, he was he's from that area. And then I, I was watching the OU Ohio University uh, San Diego State game, and there's a kid from Pal, Ohio, on there. I'm like, man, that's just crazy. <laughs> so everywhere. I went back. So I went back and started looking up how many division one guys were coming out of these schools every year. It's somewhere between eight to ten. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a, awesome. It's, it's a powerhouse. Um Zach Harrison. Yeah. Remember him? Yep. Of course. He, he's from PAL. Yep.
2: Yeah. So um, so I got I got a question for you. Um, who name maybe if you can, if you want to, um, two or three guys on IU that that you're concerned about. Uh, oh gosh.
3: Saturday. Well, first off, your quarterback, if if he's yeah. is it Tavian Tavion or Tavian? Uh, Taven, T- Taven. Taven. Yeah. if he is able to extend plays, I think that is your best bet offensively yep. against against this defense. Um, if you guys try to run the football, I think you'll have zero success. But if you can if you can extend plays and he can use his feet and get out of the pocket. And, and, and hit some of those receivers on comeback routes. And 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 really, if they roll them out and kind of split the field for them and yeah. make things simple, hey, one read, if it's not there, take off, get five, six yards, set up third and shorts for your offense, you know, things yep. like that. That worries me because with the new rule change where yep. you don't have to stop the clock on a first down, it, it shortened the game. I noticed that big time in the Notre Dame game. Um, Navy had three possessions in the entire first half, and you would think it's because it's Navy, right? Because they're right. gonna. Ex- it yeah. wasn't. It was not because Notre Dame was getting like three and outs, and it didn't matter. Right. The game be just it, it's so it's so reminiscent of a Sunday NFL game now. That worries me. So those third and shorts are huge. Yep. And keeping a lesser talented team in the game. Hold um on. that 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 worries me um help me out with the name the little speedy wide receiver J- you guys got jalen
2: lucas yeah rondale that kid's, Moore. that kid li-
3: nightmares brandon nightmares yeah. of rondale Moore. i see that and i'm like please god not another purdue incident here yeah. uh yeah that kid scares the living bejeebus out of me man absolutely
2: yep um and one more guy and i don't know and sorry if i'm taking, but and I know your secondary is better than it was last year, Mm -hmm. but nobody could stop Cam Camper last year, and he was on his way to an all-Big Ten team. So that's what I'm – as you said, third down. Third down is going to be vitally important. Oh, yeah. you know For for the reason that you said and then just obviously, right? If Cam Camper um, can play the whole game, which he didn't last year, literally got hurt in the Ohio State game, um, tore his ACL, he I think is a player no one's talking about one because he's coming off an ACL injury right um and two because he was dominating I think Ohio State threw three or f- two maybe two or three different corners at Cam Camper and could not stop him so I think he I mean there's a lot of factors but he's the one that no one has talked about I've not read it at all and he's coming back fully healthy mm-hmm. um which so for you guys uh, again? Um, it, how improved is your cornerback room versus much, last year? Much,
3: much yeah. improved. Yeah. So they went out and got David Igbenosen from Ole Miss. He's a very physical. Big, strong corner, Yeah, something we have not had here. We've been more of a finesse corner, speedy, yeah. smaller guys. Hasn't done too well. Uh, Denzel Burke is back playing much better this year than he did last year in his sophomore campaign. Um, He had great numbers as a freshman, was our best corner as a freshman. Yeah. And then last year as a sophomore, had that dreaded sophomore slump. Um, So seeing him return to form has been good. Uh, I got to go watch practice myself in person once, and he had a phenomenal practice. Awesome! In fact, in fact, he stood up Marvin Harrison Jr. a couple times, literally. Wow! Just, yeah, so so that's that's that is um, that is big time for us if we can get good corner play at the safety position. Here's a name for you guys, Sonny Styles. Okay. He he is a 18 year old sophomore because he. He uh, left high school as a junior and went, came to Ohio State and was, entered his freshman year at Ohio State when he should have been a senior in, 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 uh, in high school last year. So he took that whole year as really his development, played a little bit, and he just blew up this fall. He is uh, the son of a legendary Ohio State uh, linebacker, Lorenzo Styles, And then his, his older brother, Lorenzo Styles Sr., was wide receiver on Notre Dame. And transferred transferred to Ohio State in his backup corner. So Sonny Styles is a playmaker. Yep, he's someone you're going to need to know. He'll come down and he will blow up a run from the safety position, or he or he can make it happen in the backfield.
2: Yep. So you you mentioned running. You mentioned the running the ball a few times. I'm going to tell you right now. Running is going to be unconventional. I was saving this for my podcast. I didn't know if I wanted to use it for mine or yours. Bring it on. We'll take it. Here's my hot take. You will see four different guys take snaps Mm -hmm. on Saturday. You will see Jalen Lucas taking direct snaps. You will see Josh Henderson taking Wildcat. And just like you said, you'll play two quarterbacks. I think IU also plays two quarterbacks. Um maybe as a decoy, maybe as not. I do think Taven takes the most snaps, but I do think Brendan Soresby will come in for a few packages. Um, So I think you see four different people take snaps, um, and I think you're just going to see us running all over the place, and it's not going to be north-south. I hope not. If it's north or south, um, it's going to be a long day for IU.
3: You're playing into our strength then, yeah. If you go, um, so
2: you try to go into the teeth of our
3: defense, you're not yeah, going to go on I'm,
2: I'm thinking jet sweeps. I'm thinking mm-hmm. reverses. I'm thinking some speed option. That's what I'm excited about. Like If we were playing NCAA football and I was IU, I'd just be running speed option with Taven and Jalen Lucas all day. Get to the outside. Make a slot corner or a safety. Make a play on a ball. They make a play on the ball? Yeah, it's probably a loss or a turnover. If it's not a play in the ball, it could go for six. So um, I don't I'm hoping running is not conventional on Saturday. If it is, you can't play conventional football um, when when you're playing Ohio State and you're Indiana.
3: No, because then you're just trying to do athlete on athlete. And at that point, recruiting rankings matter they're there for a reason right yeah, it's yeah an exactly industry for a reason exactly so yeah. yeah you you definitely want to draw up some schematic things here in a game like this yep. and use and use and use that speed to your advantage i mean that's speed kills i don't i don't right. care what level you're at in in the game of football if you're faster than the other guy in, in an open field you're going to win
2: right so, so yeah i mean so you mentioned taven um extending plays right mm-hmm. All we've heard, at least IU fans is there's
3: no experience at quarterback.
2: There's no experience at quarterback. right. Correct. The only highlights of Taven Jackson at Tennessee is him running the ball, <laughs> getting out of the pocket, running for 10, 20. I think he even had a mid20 yard run out of the pocket. Um, so you know that's that's another thing that, you know, if you mentioned getting out of the pocket, I'm hoping everything's a roll or everything's like nothing is just sit back and create a pocket. Um, I think that's one, not where Taven excels. And two, that's where I think, like you said, we kind of have to live boundary to boundary. We can't yeah. live within the hashes. Yeah. So that, that's our, where
3: I'm excited for this. Our defensive plan is literally to get you off schedule. Yeah. If we if we can get you to be third and longs, yep, this game belongs to us. Because then sure. we can then we can pin our ears back and we can put pressure on a very inexperienced uh, passer. Yep. So yeah, those the the first down and second down calls that you guys make on offense, I think is going to be the difference between is this a four quarter game. Yeah. Or is this or or was this just exciting for CBS to bring back Big Ten football for the first time in a couple decades and about an hour into the game? They're already scanning the crowd and looking at. Uh, um, I'm going to guess this
2: is going to be exciting for two and two thirds quarters. quarters. How about that? Almost three. How about that? Almost three quarters. That's uh, that's that's my guess. I think I think. um I think you'll be a little worried in that first hour. I I think it a little bit. I think I think there'll be Maybe not standing up, but maybe drinking that first beer a little faster than you wanted
3: to. <laughs> oh, I remember when we came to Bloomington, we opened the season at Bloomington. I think it was on a Thursday night if I recall. It was correctly. a Thursday
2: night, yeah.
3: Yeah, that was scary the first half, dude. That didn't that was, that was a little ooh. Uh, I remember that well, but uh, hey, let me ask you this question as we as we wrap this thing up and again, sure. Brandon, thank you so much for being with us. Yep. The 27 game Win streak. Is that even talked about at all with Indiana in the team? Not at all. Nothing at all.
2: Maybe this is ignorance. Maybe this is just, I don't know. I mean, ignorance is bliss. I didn't even know it was 27 years until you sent me your outline. Like I didn't have a clue. It was 27 years. It'll be talked about over under. It'll be talked about three times on Saturday.
3: By the national media. By the national media.
2: Yeah. I think it's a good number. I think I think two and a half is I think it's I think they mention it three times. Okay. <laughs> three times. I, th- I think the national media knows, um, and, and then yeah, they'll... it'll
3: be at the beginning of the game, and then it'll be, you know, especially well that, if it's close at halftime. Yeah, if it's close, all the twenty-seven game streaks online, you know, exactly. you see that and they're going to start to build that up, try to get more eyeballs to tune in from other channels and whatnot. So, yeah, I could see it. I could see them definitely using it at that point. But interesting that it's not really talked about at all. I, I figured it would be like, a let's end this thing. Uh, heck yeah. no for twenty a you know whatever uh, motivation you could use but uh, that's that's very interesting I just got done writing an article for Scarlet and Game about it and what was really unique is believe it or not it is the longest current conference streak out there and I didn't know that I and didn't know only, that there's only there's only one other conference streak that was longer than that and yeah. it was actually Nebraska over can't remember who it was now, but it was Nebraska over somebody. Yeah. And, and that one's no longer, you know, cause Happening. Nebraska's yeah, in the it's, big it's 10. It was, right. It was back in like the big eight days. And then the longest streak in college football was actually Notre Dame over Navy at one time. And it was 38. God. Oh, so we got time. Oh, you I got 11 a, years to get it right, 11 man. 11 years to get it right. So one, one more thing before we get out of
2: here, do you want to know what my prediction was for Ohio state? I do. I, can I guess? You can. I bet you're at 10 and 2. 11 and 1.
3: Okay. That's my prediction. Yeah.
2: 11 and 1 with a three way tie in the Big Ten East.
3: That's what I did. Yeah. All did you really? Them. Yeah. I uh-huh. picked
2: Penn, Penn State to beat Michigan. Yep. You guys to beat Penn State yep. and then I won't say what happens and you know
3: where. We that's mean, okay. I I've, I I I that was my prediction too. Yeah. I also have Ohio State beating Wisconsin and that being Wisconsin's only loss. Really? I have I have 4 11 and 1 teams in the Big 10. I think Wisconsin's going to surprise a lot of people.
2: See, that's how I know we're so smart. I also have an uh an 11 1 team in the Big 10 West, but it's Iowa. Iowa? I had I a match- I've, I think schematically, Wisconsin's going to take a year, maybe two, to get Fickle's offense. I don't I mean, think so, I, I,
3: schematically, I, it's such a 180. But here's here's why I think it can work for them. Mordecai is awesome. Get, I'm telling you, the dude is going to be a baller. I call him Morta just a guy. Morta just a guy?
2: He's just a guy. I mean, he is just a guy. I don't
3: know.
2: I don't. I'm not buying the Mordecai hype, but um, that's. But yeah, great. No. Uh, so,
3: if they if they end up losing a few games, you know, I'm stealing that brand. You have to. You have to. <laughs> I'll give you credit one time. <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah. So I I had to Seth. Actually, Seth figured it out because our producer Seth is amazing. You, Ohio State end up winning my fifth tiebreaker to win. The Big Ten East. I had to go all the way down to the. Well, Seth did it for me. The fifth tiebreaker to figure out who won the Big Ten East. So I just felt like I had. I had to share that with you. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah.
3: So, yeah. so here was my. Here was my prediction for the CFP. This is what's really crazy. You know, I like to throw something out there and be like, I. I this is kind of crazy, but I would love to see it happen. I think all three make the CFP. Ooh. See, I have Penn State out. See, I think, I think how do you leave one of them out without picking up the other when you're justifying the other one? And at the same time, if you have conference champions who have two losses, which I think there will be several – then I think at that point, you're like, you know what? We need to take the 11-1 Big Ten teams. And the reason why I would love to see it is I would just love to see the SEC cry about it. Because yeah. all we heard last year was three SEC teams, three SEC teams. I would love for the Big Ten to be the first one to do it. And the last, obviously. So, so do you have Georgia team. as your fourth? I do. Yeah. I do. And I'm sc- and you know what? I'm not confident about that. I'm very confident. Have you seen their schedule? Well, it's, it's trash, but... If they lose, I, I I don't know. I just feel like they could go they could go twelve and zero, to the SEC championship game and lose. And at that point, I don't know that they would put them over an eleven and one Big Ten team. Yeah, because yeah. of that strength of schedule is so bad. Um, so I'm not confident. I saw where the college game day guys are all back on the Nick Saban train. They all picked Alabama. I don't. I'm not confident in Alabama's quarterback situation. Um, their schedule is a little bit tougher. It is. Uh, you nope. know i d- I don't see t- I don't see anybody coming out of the Big Twelve.
1: No.
3: I don't. Nope. Um. I don't see anybody coming out of the Pac-12. In fact, nope. I have Wash. I have Washington winning in the Pac-12. So do I. I, I have.
2: Hey, I have, Why are we geniuses? Like honestly, I don't know. why are those? Why are we the smartest people
3: in the room? <laughs> what, well, look, tell me this one. Um. Who's your Heisman?
2: Who's my high? I mean, it's Caleb Williams. Uh, I think. I think he. I you think he, think he goes back to back? I think he goes back to back. I mean, well, did see, you see him on Saturday?
3: Oh gosh. I, well, I can't pick him though. You know, I can't pick him. <laughs> I know you can't you have can't. someone. You can't have someone get Archie's record. Ty. Ty. Archie. Uh, I'm going. I'm going with Pennix Jr. Really?
2: I am. So what? What do you think about a dark horse on Jordan Travis this year? Florida State's loaded in a bad ACC. They are
3: they 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 are in a bad ACC. They have to go let, to Clemson. They have to go me, to Clemson. Let me but. see them against LSU first. Yeah, let me let me see how that looks because you know how this goes sometimes. The hype train and then pop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's who we are. You know, it's yep. like you know, it's not really. So the hype train on Florida State is is up there. Yeah. Um. And I'll I have Ohio,
2: you... I have Ohio State crushing them in um the
3: uh the college football playoffs. oh gosh i i would love that because we 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 need to we owe florida state one from back in like the 90s yeah so hey uh, brandon tell everybody where they can catch the leo podcast i know that there's going to be some hoosier people watching this you really need to follow these guys they are awesome
2: yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can follow us. We're any, anywhere you can find. We're uh, L- LEO podcast. Uh, we have we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, uh, Android, everywhere you can find your podcast. So check us out. Um, we'll have our preview dropping Thursday morning for Ohio State cool. for so Ohio State fans. If you want our perspective, check out Thursday morning. Um, will, will be our preview, um, for for the game on Saturday. I'm excited. It's going to be hot. It's going to be really hot. I don't it's know if you be, checked the forecast. It's
3: going to be cool in my AC, man. That's all I can tell you.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, just one last thing. I know I'm, I'm probably taking way too much air time. I do think it'll be a storyline. I think the temperatures on the field are going to be in the low 90s. Um, huh. and for game one, where you're not in game shape yet. Ramp um, Central, yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I think I think that is going to be a storyline nobody wants to hear, right? No one wants to hear injuries, no one wants to hear cramping, but it's supposed to be a high of eighty nine in Bloomington, and that means the on field temperature is usually five to ten degrees hotter um, than outside. So um, expect expect it to be hot, <laughs> Buckeye fans. Hot, hot, hot. Hey, are, are you guys going to fill up your stadium? Oh, of course. We lo- when oh, Michael's going to kill me because I've been way too complimentary to this podcast. He's absolutely going to kill me. When Ohio State comes, that's when we use all of our promotional aerial material. When it's all red, yes, right, and it looks like you can spin it as all Indiana fans, every other year Ohio State comes is when we get our best marketing material. You is guys are crimson? a content haven.
3: Is, it, is that crimson or scarlet? It's red. It doesn't matter. It's, it's Photoshop, game. baby. Photoshop
2: you <laughs> turn that you uh, so it. yes it, 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 i know there are tickets available um but it, it'll be fine
3: it'll be awesome fine. guys hey i'll be tuning in we'll be pushing a lot of buckeye fans your way thursday um so if you want to make them mad that's all right that's how we are we we play better when we're mad anyway oh so. uh,
2: you you know me you know me i'm 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 a little bit more on the uh you know Realistic, but yeah, Michael is going to tick a lot of you off. So if you guys want to
3: hate, listen, listen to our show <laughs> Thursday morning. I, um, I tell you what you tell him. If you guys pull off the miracle, okay. Yeah. You know, do you believe in miracles? There we go. 27. It's over. He can come on here and glue. You have him call. Oh, have him call go. in Sunday night, eight o'clock Eastern. Have him call in. And he can glow all he Deal. wants, and I will sit here and I will take <laughs> it. I will take it like a man if that happens.
2: I'm I'm gonna text him immediately after this.
3: <laughs> that Love, good, it. Love it, man. Thank you so thank you so much, man. And enjoy the game Saturday. Yep. See ya. All right. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to the best portion of the show. It's time to make us some make some predictions here. Um, every year we throw it out on social media, what our prediction of the score will be. And if you get you, we want you to submit your score predictions as well. This year, we're going to try something new. You have to submit your score prediction in the comment section of this video. Okay. So this video, which we'll, we, we will run on Friday, the, just a section of video when we give our prediction, um, We want you to put down in the comments what you predict the score to be. And this year, if someone gets the exact score correct in the comment section here on YouTube, you will win a free t shirt from the OHIO podcast. Okay. But you have to be the first one. Yes. You have to be the first one to get the score exactly right, and you can win a free t shirt. So earlier today, I asked Aaron and Chris to submit their score predictions and here is our score predictions and then after we give those aaron we will then tell why we gave those predictions and how we foresee this game going down on saturday so here we go we'll start with chris's prediction first because he had the biggest one he thinks indiana scores seven and ohio state scores fifty (laughs) six And an all-out blowout. Now, keep in mind, the spread is 30 points. So, Chris says, take the over. Aaron, you are a little bit closer to the spread, but you are also on the over side of things. You say, Indiana 10, Ohio State 45. And I am the only one who says, probably should take the under here. I went Indiana 13, Ohio State, 31. Give us your score prediction in the comments below on this video for your chance to win a free OHIO podcast t-shirt. Now, Aaron, I'll start with you first. How did you come up with your score, and how do you foresee this game going down?
1: I can see us getting deep down into their territory early and kind of stalling out. You know, in the beginning of the game, I think that's where the field goal comes from. Uh, but I think that we, from there, will start really establishing the run game to give Kyle McCord a little bit of confidence there, shorter, higher percentage passes. And then I think we could possibly hit them over top, seeing what their defense gives us. But I think this is going to be a game where day... And perhaps Heartline collaborate, and you know we're just calling plays. We're going to take what Indiana gives us just to see how guys do. I don't think they want to get Kyle or uh, Devin into a habit of forcing things when they really don't have to. But I think the run game, when we have a full stable of healthy running backs, yep. there's a little bit to figure out in that room too. You know, and I think that the the quarterback controversy kind of overshadowed that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we need to test that offensive line that all summer long people have been saying isn't that good. So I think that we're going to really test the run game. We're going to show throw short, high percentage, maybe medium range passes, and then we'll open up from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think
3: Tony Alford appreciates Ryan Day taking all the heat with the quarterback controversy right now. <sighs> oh he's yeah. got he's got five guys could hey. all probably start for over half of the Big Ten teams.
1: Well, you know, another name that people are forgetting is back. Evan Pryor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one of them, yeah. yeah. You've got you got Travion Henderson,
3: Mayan Williams, Evan Pryor, Chip Turanum, Dallin Hayden. Yeah. Five that's on it. scholarship. Dude, Not that's to a... mention, T.C. Coffee, Coffee, yeah. who played really, really well, and the Saunders boy yep, who got in and had a touchdown last year. Yeah. Um. Whose daddy was a Buckeye. Yeah. So you've got dudes
1: in that in that uh, running back room, man. That's that, that's dudes. that's a heck of a problem to have if you're Tony Alford, or if you're the whole team for that matter. That's that's a heck of a problem to have right there. And I that's yeah, I'm excited to see what happens, man. So
3: I went I went with a little bit of a closer score, thirty-one thirteen. Now here's here's my reasoning why. I think that the running clock. Is going to play into this a little bit because I do think Ryan Day is going to run the football more in this first game, Aaron, than what he's maybe accustomed to or really wants to wants to. Uh, establishing the line of scrimmage with this with this offensive line, I think, is important. Number one, mm-hmm. um, when you've got that many horses in the stable, you got to let them run. Oh, okay, yeah. so you need to get those boys, all five of them, are going to get carries. Okay. I believe all five running backs will will touch the foot. Excuse me, will touch the football in this game. They might not all get carries, because I could see one of them getting like a swing pass or something. But all five are going to touch the football in this football game. I'll be shocked if they don't. Um, I also think you don't want to put your quarterback in a bad situation early, so I do think that they're going to run the football, which means that clock is going to keep running and before ryan day knows it it's gonna be halftime he's gonna go wait we only had four or five possessions in the first half what happened so i don't know that ohio state gets off to a really fast start this reminds me so much of when <clears throat> we went to indiana you and i back in 2017. yeah and we did not get off to a fast start in fact i think we might have been trailing at halftime in that game it was close. Mistaken.
1: I remember that.
3: Yeah. And and it wasn't really until the third quarter when um, uh, JT hit um, Paris yeah. on a, on a on a deep ball, and it and then from there the floodgates opened. Yeah. Um, I kind of see something similar happening here. Um, so I'm that's why I'm going with a 31-13 uh, score. I think it's going to be comfortable. I don't think we're ever going to have a terrible like, oh my gosh, are we going to really lose this football game feeling? But I also don't think Ryan Day is like, let's run this bad boy up into the fifties or sixties. Um, I think he's. I just. I think he's going to work on some stuff. You know, let's see oh, yeah. what this looks like. Let's see what this with this situation. What we'll do here. And so I just don't – I don't foresee Ohio State coming out and, and throwing their A game right off the bat. Um, nor do I think Indiana is that either. They had 31 transfers or something like that, like some crazy obscene number of transfers. Like they're, try, they're trying to figure out who they are too. Don't oh, yeah. think that don't think that we're playing Alabama here and that they or, or Georgia and they know exactly what their identity is. I don't think they do either. I think Indiana's also going to try to figure some things out, um, which means they might try some really wacky stuff and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, you know, some what throw some stuff on the wall and see what happens. You know, which could be good, could also be bad. The best thing that could happen here for Ryan Day in this offense is the defense comes out and is dominant from the word go. Three and outs, turnovers. Maybe Indiana only gets one or two first downs in the entire first half. That type of dominant defense is exactly what could benefit the Ohio State offense to where they're not feeling the pressure here early on. Um Coin flip, Ohio State wins the coin flip. Do you go offense or defense first, Aaron?
1: Offense. Why? We're trying to break in a a quarterback or two. We're trying to figure that situation out. We need all the reps we can get with that new rule. Mm. We got to do that. Indiana is about as safe a bet as it gets outside of Youngstown State on our schedule. Okay? What I think we're going to see is... You know, I didn't really get to talk too much about defense, but I think on both sides of the ball, because both teams have a new quarterback that is young that they're trying to break in, and young can mean by age or experience level, because let's be real, what's, what's Kyle McCord really done? One game. One game against a very subpar team. Correct. Two years ago. Two years ago. You're going to see both of these defenses blitz the crap out of each other. They're going to put all the pressure they can on the opposing quarterback to try to force mistakes. You're going to see what Kyle McCord's made of. You're going to see what the offensive line's made of. You're going to see what Devin Brown's made of. You're also going to see two pick sixes on Saturday for the Buckeye defense. That's that's where some of those points that I said come from. Two pick sixes. It's 7 p.m. Saturday
3: night. The highlight. Of the article for the game reads, or the headline for the article of the game reads, what, Aaron Brown?
1: Buckeye defense dominates Hoosiers.
3: There you go, guys. Please like, share, subscribe. It really does help the channel. We really do appreciate that. If you're watching this on Rumble, smash the like button. Again, subscribe to the channel. We give you daily Buckeye content For F-R-E-E, that spells... Free. And those are the first four letters of the word freedom. And thank you, Sergeant MVP, for your service and giving us that freedom. We really do appreciate that. All right, guys, put your score in the comments below. You could win a free t shirt from us. First person who correctly predicts the score for both teams, mind you, has to be the exact score. You will get a free t shirt from the OHIO podcast. Until next time, OHIO.